I'm Katie. And I'm Bryce. And welcome to our podcast, Work in Progress. A show where we talk about whatever's on our mind in that moment. And honestly, there's a lot. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Hey, guys. Welcome to the first episode of our podcast, Work in Progress. My name is Katie. And my name is Bryce. I just want to thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our very first episode. I hope you stick around for a while. Yeah, this is like kind of kind of crazy for us to think that we weren't going to do a podcast until like three hours ago today when that was our conversation in the car, basically. Like we had talked about it before, but it was like, let's do this today. Let's jump right in. Oh, yeah. Like three weeks ago, I was like, hey, do you want to do a podcast? And you're like, ew, no, that's stupid. Oh, literally. I thought it was the dumbest idea we could ever come up with. But now it just seems like. If someone wants to listen to us talk, why not? Let them, you know? We talk for hours and people in our houses listen. So we thought- They don't listen to us. No. That's why we're doing this. So we think people that they can, listen. So people can finally listen for once. And we don't have any friends, so we thought this would be a great idea. All right. Uh, let's get started. Okay. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I think what I'm going to do is like one thing I like, one thing I dislike. I think that's what we should do just because we're going to be talking a lot anyway. So might as well keep it short and sweet. For sure. Go ahead. Okay, cool. So hi, my name is Bryce. Um, I like fried chicken and I dislike tomatoes. All right. Um, my name is Katie. Um, I dislike mashed potatoes and yogurt. But I do like myself a good charcuterie board just to feel like an adult. Nice. Actually, why don't we just branch off on that charcuterie boards? Right. Um, what is your ideal charcuterie board? Like, if you could have one in front of you right now, what's on it? Tell me about it. Um, well, I'm going to tell you about it first. It's made by a local small business because support small everyone. Um, and it's on like those wooden, really nice boards. You know, they're all crafted. Mm-hmm, yeah. They look like a triangle. I don't really know what they look like. They're just really pretty. Um, I think I'd have like crackers, cheese, like all different kinds of cheese because, you know, you want to be, you want to make an assortment. Yeah, totally. Um, meats. Uh, I'd probably go for like salami, um, different types of salami, pickles, olives, some decorative leaves, nuts. Okay. So, something that I've noticed with you, like, when we've had shakuri boards together in the past that's different about me is I definitely go for more of, like, the... I have the same kind of base as you, but instead of going with, like, the olives and nuts, I go for, like, I'll have, like, the pickles. And, like, if there were olives on there, I wouldn't be like, oh, no, I'm scared. But I like to also add, like, a nice Dijon mustard and, like... My go-to right now is like Dijon mustard and red pepper jelly. But I've noticed that you don't like that. No, I don't mess with any of the sauces. I feel like it just makes it gross. Like I like soft cheeses. So like that's where my like saucy stuff comes from. I don't mess with like mustard, mayo, relish, ketchup. Like Okay, we're talking charcuterie boards, not hot dogs. Yes, but still like I don't mess with none of that. Okay, on a hot dog, it's um, sometimes it's – Cheese, melted on the bun, and then mustard. Or it's ketchup, relish, mustard. Anyways, back onto charcuterie boards. Um, yeah, so I don't mess with anything. Like, I think I just like it plain and simple, but adult. 
yeah so like i would say for me i'm probably having more of the like fancy charcuterie board whereas you're having more of the like adult lunchable Mm. variant with side dishes such as nuts and decorative leaves charcuterie boards you can eat them however you want if you want to eat them like cheese and crackers go right ahead like for me i like a good stack for me it's like a little rice cracker Mm-hmm. some spreadable cheese and like a piece of like pancette pancetta pretty sure it's pancetta however last week when we were at the grocery store the sign said pancette and made us look really dumb when we went can we get 200 grams of the pancette and they went um yeah it's actually pancetta but okay yeah <laughs> yeah i was i don't know what that was i have never seen that before like i used no. to work in a deli yeah um at a grocery store Ugh, one of the worst jobs i've ever worked it, i smelled disgusting every time i'd come home i smell like meats yeah that doesn't sound enjoyable no um but i remember like one of the worst things i ever had to do was cut like the hedgies oh i've seen that before it, it looks disgusting gross. what is it it's like i don't even know i think it's like ham or something like mixed into gelatin and like in a mold okay. i don't even know what people use it for yeah, all I've heard about it was from my British nana who was telling me about it because she helped a guy find it at the grocery store and she was very proud of herself that she knew where the head cheese was. Aw, I mean, wouldn't it be in the deli? But yeah. Well, yes, but like Exa- a guy... She probably knows exactly where it is. Too. Exactly, yeah. A guy came up and he was like, oh, I can't find the head cheese. And she was like, oh, I'll help you find it. I think... She doesn't work there though. But That is so cute. I've always loved those people at grocery stores. Like, I think I hated that job. I know that you've worked at a grocery store before. I did, yeah. And I, oh, what, I loved it, actually. What was the worst part about it, though? The worst part? Um, Like, I hated coming home smelling like meats. For me, I honestly, like, I can't say that there was a worst part about it. Um, I worked as a cashier when I worked at a grocery they store. They only put pretty people as cashiers, so, I mean. Oh, thank you. Um, I can't agree, but because they did hire me but still um yeah i wouldn't say there was like a least favorite part of the job oh i have really bad arches so that really hurt my feet because i would be standing for like an eight hour shift so see for me i liked at the end of the night when i could go wash dishes in the back because a part of our deli department was like we made sandwiches and we did like (laughs) check-ins and stuff and i'd go like wash the dishes in the back and i'd like play music it was it was great. That's actually, I've worked at, I've had a lot of jobs actually looking right. back on it. And things that I've always enjoyed are closing. Mm-hmm. Even though, sure, I'm not personally, I'm not a huge cleaning person. Like, I don't, some people clean for enjoyment. I'm not one of those people. But I just find it so relaxing because I feel like when you're dealing with customers, there's a level of energy required. And the minute that you don't have to be like, on and ready to put on your whole customer service voice and do the whole like hello how may i help you today la 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 la. the moment you can just be like oh and just do things without having to put a face on and a whole persona and energy into it it's so nice like the more that i think about it i think my worst job was actually working at a calendar store when i was I believe I just turned 13 at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I just got hired. And because, you know, when you turn 13, you don't need 
parental I think you can start working at 13 or something like that I think yeah you can start working however I believe you need like parental permission something like that I wanted to work I don't even know why I wanted a job at 13 I was babysitting since I was like eight but you know what the mall like close to us just opened that year and I was like I am working in this mall no matter what true i think i also had the same mindset however my parents were like no that's a far drive get a local job fair um but i was there by myself for most of the time i was the only one in the store because it was like a smaller store yeah so i'd be the only one but which was nice is that when i would open which i shouldn't have been opening when i was 13 but whatever um our like booster juice or whatever was in the mall and our Tim Hortons was open. Oh, it's a Jugo Juice. Sorry. Jugo Juice was open. I thought I was so healthy. I would go in and get my breakfast sandwich from Tim's, and then I'd go across the mall, or I'd go across the whatever crossway, and get one of those green smoothies that really did not taste very good. Oh, but you look like you're the healthiest person on earth when you're drinking something that looks like a piece of kale got mashed. Oh, yeah. And then I'd go into the store and be like, you guys, like, I mean, it's just me in the store. So talking to yourself. You guys, look, I'm really healthy. My breakfast sandwich, my Timbits stored in the drawer where the cash was, and drink my smoothie. It was great. That sounds like a blast and a half. I think the best part, though, was discovering the new music because in the mornings they'd put on this random music that nobody would listen to. So I'd find all these songs. Um, I mean, I could have probably just done my Spotify Weekly. But, um, yeah, it was great to find these new songs and put them on my playlist. And you guys, I'm like... I listen to niche indie music now from the mall. Oh, I found that too when I worked at a place where they had a radio. So, and I was working by myself. So I felt so cool when I put on the station that I want to listen to. And like, there were times when I'd put on music, like I'm not a huge country fan, like, but I like country at the same time. So there'd be times when I'd put on like a country station and I'd just listen to the music to like, experience new things because i'm a music major i love music so just the idea of exploring music always excites me and then i find that like by doing that it makes me a better performer in general by having more diverse influences right since we haven't really been at those jobs in a while how do you discover new music or what music have you been discovering in the last little bit now that i'm not standing listening to the radio in a store um well for me discovering new music there's always different outlets for me there's i don't really listen to the radio as much now because i find that i only listen to the radio when it's a last resort because i don't like having to wait for a new song and listening to ads so for me to discover new music um there's always through like people i know when they suggest a song um through school for me because i'm getting a jazz degree so I listen to a lot of music through there that I've never listened to before because I I listen to a lot of like surface level music like jazz before I got into the program and now it's like I'm hearing more of these like deep I'm going deeper into the genre so that's always cool so I learn a lot through there and um also I find that sadly but not sadly I learn a lot of new music from TikTok um because it's just i spend so much time on there i can't get away from it so i do actually find music on there and sometimes i found some really good stuff and like surprisingly i found like good jazz that i like on tiktok 
Are you on Jazz Talk? Is that... I'm on, like... I have, like, a dash of Jazz Talk in my TikTok genres, but not... I'm not specifically only on, like, Jazz Talk, but every once in a while I have someone who's like, oh, yeah, I'm singing this song like it's a jazz standard. Because I don't want to... I also, like, find the humor I like isn't jazz, and the videos that I like aren't always jazz because I don't want to be... I don't want to be Barry B. Benson, you know? I don't want to just be like, you like jazz? I feel like, though, like, on the subject of TikTok, like, I feel like when I view your TikTok for you page, it's not as much geared towards you. Yeah. As much as me. Like, I am a high school senior, but I, after high school, I'm going towards my uh, teaching degree, like, to teach school, like, teach elementary school, and I am on Teacher Talk. Get all these teachers given me advice and how to control the kids in the classroom or incentives or things like that. Like, I feel like your TikTok isn't much like that. Yeah, I think the reasoning for that, I've put a lot of thought into this, is that for me, I use TikTok as more of like a humor outlet for me, like more so like a Vine kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And so the stuff that I like is usually stuff that I find funny, whereas like you like, when you like stuff on TikTok you like stuff that's really catered towards you, I find. Like, when you look through your liked compared to mine, mine will just be like, haha, it's a TikTok humor compilation of things that I personally find funny. Whereas yours, if you find a video that's, like, super deep and you connect with it, you'd most oh, likely like it. Oh, I'm on like mental it. health TikTok. Like, you don't... Yeah, I, I know I'm on there. I'm on teacher TikTok. I like stuff that's funny, but I feel like that's... I like stuff that's funny, but I usually save it because I want to end up doing it. Yeah. Some of my TikToks are copied. I'm so sorry for the original creator, but I think it's funny. So yeah. and it's not like either of us are huge TikTok content creators. So, I, like, I think the biggest video I've ever had is like a hundred thousand views, and that's like a rare thing. Most of them are like one thousand, maybe like six hundred. You know, mine never get that near that number. How many followers do you have right now? Like close to a thousand? Right now, I think this morning when I looked, it was nine hundred and sixty-four. And I was the reason why I know that is because I gained a follower and I was like, What? Crazy. I should start like making random accounts and start following you. Oh, and then we can get it so I can live stream. Yes, because that's all I wanted because I that's remember all I want. during the summer, I was like, Hey, can you get to a thousand by August so you can live stream? And I said I could. You're like, I yeah, could. don't pff, easily. I that's... flatlined for a while, but at the same time, here's the thing: I'm not going on TikTok expecting to be a content creator. That's not my goal in life. Mm-hmm. I'm. Some people are like, I want to be a influencer. I want to make content on there, and I just, I'm honestly doing it because I think it's fun and it's something for me to do that isn't boring. Like, I feel like, yeah, I didn't grow up in the, like, early, early stages of YouTube, but I feel like now it's so much like, hey, I want to be a YouTuber. I want to be an influencer. Like, I, because it's so easy to become one of those. Like, yeah, I like to make my Instagram aesthetically pleasing, um, but I am not like, hey, guys, I'm going to reach out to all these people and try to get sponsorships and do sponsored posts and, you know do things like that like or make youtube videos and i mean no hate to anyone who does that if you do that that's awesome but i feel like now it's a lot of younger kids being like i want to be an influencer which is so weird because i yeah like we're in that weird age where it's like it was kind of moving towards that when we were in that age where people would ask what we want to be when we grew up 
I don't think anybody asked, hey, I want to be a YouTuber when I grow up. Yeah, I would say that we are in that weird transitional period where, like, we are the first generation to grow up basically with cell phones our whole life. Like, mm-hmm. I think when I was born, like, of course there were cell phones, but they weren't smartphones. I remember playing, like, some little phone game on oh, my dad's Snake? flip phone. Snake I used to play that on my mom's phone all the time. Yeah, and that was, like, that was a big deal, playing a game on a flip phone. And I remember, like, when my parents would get a new flip phone, I got to use the old one as a toy. Mm -hmm. And that was always so cool. But then, like, we've grown up as, like, the iPhone has existed and grown to what it is now. And just, like, these smartphones that are basically little computers in your pocket, which is really crazy if you think about it and like having the internet like on our phones like we sound so old but having the internet on our phones is so weird like my cousin who is i believe 11 now she probably knows how to do more stuff than i do i like or i did at that age yeah like i probably know more stuff now like i know how to you know create a word document and stuff like that but i feel like she i didn't know how to log into my parents apple id when I was 11, I, you know, was doing those, like, haircutting games and yeah. stuff on my iPod. Like, I was, growing up, the games that I was playing were, like, Papa's Pizzeria oh. on my old, like, desktop computer. Rip. And it's so sad that Flash games are, like, gone now. So, Club Penguin is gone, too. And that, okay, the fact that they got rid of Club Penguin, Club Penguin rewritten, like, came to save the day, and now it's gone, too. What are we going to do? Have you also seen the new Webkins? There's a, I haven't, I didn't know that there's a new Webkins, because I can't remember my login. Okay, I've seen it online. It's, like, 3D modeled. It's not 2D anymore. It's, like, 3, I don't even know how to explain it. It's, like, it's, okay, you know my dislike towards polar express and the animation in polar express it's like that but it's like 10 times worse oh ratatouing if anyone out there has seen ratatouing it's the knockoff of ratatouille it's that animation oh that's that that's not good yeah when they're trying to make it better and i'm like no 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 i want to go back and find my diamonds milk that cow or whatever it was Mm -hmm. those games but to like jump back onto the cell phone comment that Mm -hmm. we were talking about like it's so weird to me that now kids are growing up with such different technology. Like, even looking back on it with, like, the games that I remember playing were, like, Papa's Pizzeria, Papa's Freezeria. Um, it was, like, Balloon Tower Defense. That was a big Ooh. one for me and my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, Club Penguin, Moshi Monsters, all of these games. I feel like kids nowadays would be like, this is stupid. It's not even fun because there's just so many, not even better things, but just more technologically advanced options for them and totally different. They're growing up in a totally different world. like Which we're not even that much older, but I feel like it's so weird because the internet and everything like that is moving so fast, which can't, it's another debate, but it can be really beneficial because I feel like kids are learning so much like kids meaning like you know people under the age of 15 but they're learning so much at such a quick pace like all these things that i'm just learning of they're learning at the exact same time yeah which is good and they're teaching their parents and i it's awesome and like news is way more accessible i feel like when i was a kid it was 
or like younger i guess like under the age of like 10 and didn't have access to internet 24 7 i would watch the news with my parents i would my mom would tell me about the news whatever is going on mm-hmm. or i would just listen to the radio and find out like different things yeah like i would say that the world is just although we're living in the same world it's weird to think that like when i was a kid like mm-hmm. a young kid the things that i would be doing like i didn't have an ipod or an iphone i would go and play outside with my playmobiles and like have these whole intricate worlds created for them whereas like i feel like kids now like yes you still have that that's not creativity and imagination doesn't disappear but i would say like now the difference is like you have kids where it's more like oh look at my amazing minecraft world and like look at what i've done in this game and like they still do stuff in person but it's weird to think that like they're doing the things that i was doing when i was 12 they're doing it at seven and that's like crazy for me but honestly though in like in person too there's so many more opportunities and for kids to like do stuff there's so many more technologies coming out yeah that is super cool for kids to do and a lot more accessible for every child to do because i feel like kind of playing outside like for me anyway i didn't like i mean this doesn't compare to what other kids deal with and accessibility for them but for me it was like i didn't like playing in mud and i'm like "Mm -mm. we live in a pretty rainy area there's not a lot of options for me and i didn't have a big backyard so like oh i i did i did have a bigger backyard but it wasn't huge so i'd end up like playing like farm in my backyard or doing things like that but now it's like there's so many cool like structure have you seen all those like insane structure things online they're insane they're like slides that go around your house well maybe not like that but like these giant playgrounds and did you ever have a playground at your house yes i did actually um i had a sandbox playground combination thing where it was like okay a playground built out of a sandbox so the sandbox was on the base and then i had like a three level playground um okay and i see you and it was all homemade too that was the really cool part here this so, isn't like, like it didn't come in a box and no stuff? the only thing that was like manufactured was we had a slide and uh, your trampoline but the, no, the trampoline replaced the playground. Where my trampoline is now used to be where my playground was. Oh, so you got the trampoline after? Yeah, I bought half of the. I paid for half of the trampoline with my own money at the age of eleven. Found it on Craigslist. Did all my research. It was a big deal for me. The only thing about your trampoline is that it doesn't have a, like a gate a net, thing or yeah. a net, which is like, hikey really scary, because I know someone who jumped off a trampoline and ended up breaking their arm because they're trying to do a flip and ended up flipping off the trampoline. So I am so scared of those. That's fair. Yeah. Though, um, I don't know if I've told you the story about my sister. She ended up dislocating her shoulder on a trampoline with a net. We're at my cousin's place and my dad is like a man child. So he got on the trampoline with, I wasn't on the trampoline at that time. So there was three kids and my dad, who's a large man, large muscular man. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets on and does like those bum drop things where you're trying to like double bounce people. And he ends up. You know, like where you... Yes, yeah. Yeah, I... yeah. So then, because he's so much heavier than all three of these kids, two of them are seven, and one of them is like four. Okay. Um, he ends up doing one of them, and my sister lands on her collarbone. Oh, dang. So, um, yeah, my dad felt horrible after that. He never got on the trampoline again. 
because he ended up devil dancing my sister. But uh, she was good. She was good. We were, yeah. Yeah, I'm get like that's actually something I always think about too. Is like I'm gonna I'm gonna miss my childhood. Like right now, it's still one of those things where it's like it kind of just happened. Like I'm almost nineteen, so I'm still. I'm an adult, but it's, like, I can really remember all of that stuff still. Like, I could tell you probably 90% of a full day of grade 8. I could tell you all that stuff and, like, still remember it all. Whereas 10 years from now, I'm not really going to remember a lot of this stuff. So it's sad to think that, like, those days are kind of gone and life moves forward and whatnot. But, you know, it is what it is. And... I guess you just always have to look at the bright side of things. But now we have these stories saved in our podcast. That, that actually is true. And I'm looking forward to looking back on this in 10 years and being like, oh, good God, what was I thinking? So we're actually going to take a quick like five-minute break. And when we get back, we'll just start a new conversation and see where it takes us. Everyone, grab a snack, grab a drink, take a pee. Come on back. Hey guys, we're back. I hope you enjoyed your millisecond break. We had a nice like 20 minute break and we were just thinking of the things to talk about. Throwing some ideas around. Um, all right, let's get into it. Okay, so a conversation that we were just about to have and we were like, wait, let's just talk about this later was Ratatouille the musical. That was a thing that happened. I know it happened about two weeks ago, but honestly... Mm, I don't like I liked it it was great I I don't what do you think about the streamed musicals and like the new age of musical theater um okay I would say we have three different categories here if we're talking streamed musicals right so we have your pro shots on like Broadway HD like your Broadway HD pro shots or like PBS sometimes does them or like there's the Legally Blonde one on MTV um then you have your bootlegs which i would say like i'll get into it later but i would say that's one of those where it's like depends on who you ask if it's good or not mm-hmm. and then you have your three which is what ratatouille the musical oh. was which is like a multimedia extraordinaire musical and uh movie musicals oh dang yeah i didn't even think about that so i guess there's four mm-hmm. um i would say that stream musicals are good I'm a person who likes to, like, I, of course, like things live. I feel like everyone likes things better live. However, um, just the fact that it is an option, I'd say is great. Because even if you live in New York or London or somewhere that gets a lot of touring shows constantly, there's going to be shows that you want to see that aren't on, like shows or... close or things don't tour or it's just you're not able to go in general and the fact that there are more accessible options i would say is great now then you have like your bootlegs which sure i'd say the same things apply however there's a bit of a controversy from the standpoint like you probably shouldn't be recording videos in the theater because it's asked not to however it's kind of like robin hood stealing from the rich and giving to the poor Mm-hmm. To a degree where it's like, what's happening is still wrong, but I can't lie. I've watched multiple bootlegs before, and I do 
I do enjoy them, so I can't really hate on them. That's the same. Yeah, no, like, I agree. Like, that's the same conversation with, like, fake bags or fake purses where it's, yeah. like, Louis Vuitton bags are, like, you know, like, $700. And then you go to a market where it's, like, 20 and it's obviously a fake bag, but it's still stealing the designer's work. Obviously, it's a copyright issue, and you can't steal the designer's work, but... It's accessible. It's accessible for other people. Um, I think that musical theater should be streamed like Hamilton on Broadway HD. If you haven't Hamilton seen it... on Disney Plus, but yes. That's what I meant, on Disney Plus. Yes. It is wonderful. I listened to the soundtrack, like, a little bit, but haven't fully listened to it all the way through. I'm not going to lie to you. I hadn't listened to the Folka cast album. But when it got onto Disney Plus, I really, really appreciated it. And especially seeing it live, I feel like that's one yeah. of those shows that you kind of have to see live or see performed. It's something that's so hard. Like some shows go really well on just the cast recording. But I feel like Hamilton is such an intricate show that it is really nice to have it staged yeah. and a lot more accessible for people. Um, and what, Hamilton tickets were like, $300? Oh, they were, like, at its prime, which, let's be real, it never really ended. It's still huge. It was basically impossible to get tickets unless you were super lucky. And that was one of the things, like, when I went to New York for the first time, I got all my tickets through the TKTS booth where you're getting, like, day of tickets that haven't sold yet at a discounted price, which is a way more accessible way to see live theater and like i remember i saw beetlejuice in like the third row and i literally bought the tickets and like ran to the theater because it was like oh yeah it starts in like 30 minutes but that's the one thing with hamilton it was one of those things that it wasn't accessible you couldn't just go and see it because it was sold out and tickets really were expensive. like tickets were like gold for hamilton and i think that's the hard part is with theater in general is that you get this like rush when things become really popular especially when you have like Hamilton appealed to a huge audience where it wasn't just musical theater fans anymore and it just it's great for the business however it makes it difficult for the viewer to go and see it and that's why I really think that having pro shot options even if it's something where, like, they only get released on streaming services instead of, like, just put out there for anyone to see. I think that that's a great way to make things like Hamilton and other shows like Book of Mormon, which is usually sold out. It makes it accessible for people who aren't able to just go to New York and see them or go to London and see them. Like, I gotta be honest with you. Um, some bootlegs, I don't like. The... Audio and video recording is sometimes awful. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what they're, they are because it's shot on a phone trying to hide it from the ushers. But I, I get bothered by it. I agree. Like, I can't watch a bootleg unless it looks like a pro shot. Mm -hmm. And that's because I want to feel like when I'm watching the show, I want to feel like I'm watching that show, that I'm in the audience. And pro shots do a good job at that where they make you – engaged in the show where some bootlegs like they're like oh the usher's coming they'll zoom up to the roof really quickly mm -hmm. so you can't see the camera 
And then it's like, that just takes me right out of the show. And I'm focused on the fact that, oh, okay, I'm watching on blah, blah, blah's phone in the eighth row. Well, did you hear about the whole pro shot um, New York library thing? Um, I believe I have, but please do go on. So basically, um, every show has a pro shot, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but currently, not all of them are released to the public. They are all kept, I don't know where, at a New York library. Like, the, is there a big national New York library? I think there's like... I don't know what it's called, but there, I believe there is, and I know what you're talking about, where they have, like, for research purposes. Yeah, and, and you have to have, like, a signed mm-hmm. form that you're in this production on Broadway, or you have a specific reason why you need to see this production, a pro shot of it, um, and hopefully one day we can get those pro shots released yeah. to the public. I mean, for now, they won't be, but um, all of them are the original cast. But mm-hmm. they're only accessible through, like, signing waivers and saying that you won't copy and all this kind of Yeah, because I think legal stuff. it's designed so that, say, I'm putting on a revival of a show and I want to see the original. I can do that. But I wish that those things were released. Even if you had to pay a decent amount of money to have, like, access to those, I think it would just be a really smart idea to have it released. And you would make the companies would make so much money off of those because the fans like you have people who are huge musical theater fans that they just can't get to new york they can't get to london they can't get to seattle or los angeles or vegas and and they can't go to places where there's big productions like and some people live in other countries other than north america oh literally yeah and like there's some musicals that have toured there but it's not every one that gets there yeah. Like, let's think of a show, like, I don't know if this is true, but, like, Bye Bye Birdie, for example, came out, like, years ago, like, mm-hmm. a ton of years ago. I believe probably didn't tour to Taiwan. Yeah, like, I... I don't know. I can't fact it may check have, that. They might have a regional production there, but the fact that musical theater, I feel like there's such a stigma, too, if you don't see, like... You see a production that isn't professional. Like, people oh. think that it's not good enough. Like, if I was to go to see a regional production of a show and I was like, oh, yeah, I just saw, like, Billy Elliot, for example. Like, I saw that years ago at the local theater here. And someone else would be like, oh, well, I saw it on Broadway. And instantly, it's basically like they're trying to say, oh, your experience was less than mine. And I don't like that. I feel like everyone should be allowed to enjoy things. And I feel so bad for the actors and the technicians and the ushers and the directors who work on these touring productions or regional shows is that they work it so hard to make sure that theater is accessible to people who cannot get to Broadway mm-hmm. but get slammed for not being as good. Yeah. And some touring shows are really good. Yeah. And like also even just – your local regional theaters, if it's, like, your professional theater, like, for us in Vancouver, we have mm-hmm. the Arts Club. Right. Which is a really good company. Like, the shows that I've seen there are on par with some of the shows that I've seen elsewhere. Like, I saw, for example, the Million Dollar Quartet, which is the story of 
Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley. Um, I think it's Jerry Lee Lewis and Carl Perkins Mm -hmm. and how they all came together for this one session. So it's all based on a true story. And I saw it in Vancouver and I also saw it in Edinburgh, Scotland. Right. I saw the touring production there because I was in Scotland and it was actually better at the Stanley here in Vancouver and I think that's the thing is that people assume, oh, well, when you see the professional cast and even the touring cast, because those are professional actors that have performed on the West End in this case or on Broadway, they assume that when you see these professional shows that they're going to be a billion times better. But that's not always true. It all depends on the people who are on that stage and the people who have put the show together behind the scenes as well to make it a good show. Well, and I know that both of us were in a production of the 25th can- 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. It's a mouthful. Yeah, I gotta be honest with you, I didn't know about that show before we did it. Um, Like, I, I mm-hmm. had, I, I'd known, like, a few songs, but I didn't know the story of the show. I'd never seen, I maybe probably saw a poster for it, but it's currently not running on Broadway. It's currently yeah. not doing tours. But we put it on a production. I feel like that's really good, especially seeing shows like small productions, high school productions, um, regional productions of shows that aren't put on very often. Mm-hmm. That's a show that's a modern show, but it's not put on very often. Yeah, like before we did it, I knew the show because I had done one of the songs at a recital when I was probably 12, maybe 11. So I knew the song that I sang in it, and I ended up playing that character because I already had an attachment to the role because I had already kind of done it for five minutes. But aside from that, I had no clue what I was going into, basically. And I feel like that's almost even better. Like, the experiences that I've had that are always the best are the experiences when you go into something that you know you will like, but you don't know that for sure. Like, you know you're going to like it because it's the thing that you like, but you're trying a new version of that. So, like, going to see a show that you've never seen before, but you know you love live theater is such a cool experience. Because even if you don't love the show, just the fact that you're going and experiencing something totally new where you don't know what's going to happen is so cool. It's like seeing a new movie. Or, like, you know, a production that I really wish I saw was the Deaf West um, production of Spring Awakening. I wish I saw that. Uh, That is so awesome. And I wish theater was a lot more accessible like that. Like, I wish they had a translator or, like, I guess, like, an interpreter or something like that. Because I've heard the production is really well done. Because they do, obviously, singing and acting and voice, Mm -hmm. like, speaking. But they also sign during the show. Oh, cool. And which I feel like is is really awesome and super, yeah, like, accessible for people who... I think they only did, like, a few months of the show, but... Where was the show put on? L.A.? Okay. It's a theater production. Yeah. Or it's a theater production company, but it that was their main... That was their big show, because I I don't... I think it was right after Spring Awakening got off Broadway. I could be wrong, but it was big. And I know that, like, Jonathan Groff and, like, Leah Michelle, like, all the OGs from that show on Broadway went to go see. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was really unique. And that's a show that I really wanted to see. Yeah. 
a show like to kind of go off of that a show that I actually ended up seeing completely on a whim and I'm so glad that I saw it was it was my last day in New York and I was at the TKTS booth and we were going to get Book of Mormon tickets and they were all sold out and I'm like dang it and I heard the people in line in front of me say something about the prom and I had no clue what the prom was at all I'd never heard of the prom before and they were like oh yeah it's apparently really funny some people say it's like a new book of mormon and i was like hmm. huh and i told my dad hey you know i just heard these people talking about this new show apparently it's like really funny it's kind of like a new book of mormon because that's what i heard the people right. talking about after seeing it i would not say that it's the new book of mormon but it's super funny in its own right and we ended up getting tickets right then and there because that it was like we needed a show to see and that was one of the shows that was available so we're like let's do it and i remember sitting in the theater just seeing this show and being like wow i love not only the show but the story that it was telling was super cool and the fact that now it's become a netflix movie musical is crazy because i remember going and seeing it and no one had ever heard of it. I think one of my friends at home like had listened to one of the songs from the soundtrack and was like, oh, I love this song from it. But now seeing how far it's come is so cool to me because I feel like I was a part. It's kind of like, you know, when you listen to an artist before they've blown up and you mm-hmm. feel like you were a part of something, you know, you were a part of it blowing up to a degree or you were a part of that movement before it was trendy. That's how I always feel when I see something like that, where it's like, I went and saw the show and was blown away by it. And I was blown away before the world told me to be blown away by it. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Have you seen the prom movie? I have not yet. I intend on watching it soon. I've seen little snippets here and there, and I think it looks pretty good. But I, I gotta tell sure. you a secret. Okay. I saw it yesterday. Wait, I, actually? I watched it yesterday. Well, I watched about half of it yesterday. When? Uh, sometime during the day. Maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it was two days ago. And I got to tell you, the we were, movie... We were hanging out yesterday. Oh, no, wait. I was at work. You were at work yesterday. That's so mean. We I'm said s- we would watch that together. I am I'm a little so hurt. sorry. I watched okay. about half of it. Continue. But, okay, so I watched it, a bit mm-hmm. of it. Like, I, I got to, like, uh, you know what? I didn't watch half of it. I watched, like, 25 minutes of it. And okay. it's two hours long. But I – it's super weird to see the movie because I feel like that movie could not be staged. Like, the movie is so yeah. – the way that it's made, and it looks like it couldn't be adapted for stage. And the fact that it was on stage first is very weird to me. I would say, from what I've seen of it, what they've done is basically they've – kept the script for the most part the same and the story is the same but it's how they do a lot of the things like i know that one scene they do in changing lives reprise is they're walking down this street in new york and it's all the marquees whereas in the musical they're in a like bar it's i think a restaurant after it's closed Mm -hmm. and they're just the four of the four main Broadway actors are performing in that closed restaurant. That is really interesting. All right, just taking a look at the time. We have a few minutes left. 
Um, I wanted to finish off this podcast, and I feel like we should finish off every episode with something that you've been doing this week for yourself. Oh, cool. And like so it idea. can inspire other people to start taking care of themselves this year. I love that idea. Um, would you like to go first, as it was your idea? Uh, sure. Okay. So something that I'm very proud of this week that I'm doing is, well, um, when I'm at home, I like to watch a show or a movie, get some popcorn, um, get my planner up, start planning, which relaxes me. I know it stresses people out, but it helps me kind of get myself ready and reset for the week and have some tea. Uh, it's very relaxing. Oh, and I turn on a candle. The candles that you got for me for my birthday are like my new favorite things. Nice. Um, something that I've been doing this week that I've been doing to like make myself feel better is I've been going on walks, which you would know because you're there, but right. the rest of the listeners wouldn't know that. Um, but yeah, just going on walks and trying to do more outside because I feel like one thing that I lost during the whole pandemic situation was that freedom to just go and do stuff. And I think all that I had to really do was switch my thinking on it. And it's not, I didn't lose the freedom to go and do things out in the world. It's just doing things in with other people or in groups. Mm -hmm. So just utilizing like the natural beauty in our community is so cool to me. And I haven't really thought about that before, but now just going on like hikes and walks. And like today we went to the beach that was awesome. I I love that. Like, and I think one thing that stood out to me, which is so weird, is there was a huge windstorm last night. Mm-hmm. And when we got to the beach, I looked at a log, and the sand had blown up against the log, mm-hmm. and it looked like little sand dunes. And that just, that image is in Aww. my head still, which Aww. is so weird. Like, I'm not a person to think about logs and sand normally, but I'm just... I've been finding that I'm so enamored with the natural beauty. Because I guess you're stuck in your house all the time, so. Exactly. So I think I'm appreciating the world that we live in, like the actual world, not humans and society, but Mm -hmm. the beauty of Mother Nature. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, Okay, we're going to end it here. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our very first episode of Work in Progress, our podcast by Katie. And Bryce, I really hope that you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully, we aren't a total bore. Um, Please leave us a review. um, And we will catch you all next week. Thank you so much. Hasta la vista. Bye, everyone.